This is a show that I didn't want to do and almost didn't do, but uh, we have to. And there's lots of reasons we have to. Uh, if you have not found out by now, I'm, I'm sure many, many of you already know, uh, my co-host, uh, Jeff Robinson, affectionately known as Jeff the Ref, the guru who knew, a man I called the Encyclopedia Britannica of Pro Wrestling. He passed away Saturday night and uh, suddenly, quickly, uh, as, as his mother tells me, he wanted to go. Not that we were ready to lose him, certainly not, not at 42 years of age. Uh, this is going to be a very different kind of show tonight. I have three people here who knew Jeff probably better than anybody. And let me introduce them now. First, his childhood friend of uh, some 40 years, I believe, 39 years, 40 years, Mike, Mike Kelleher. You've known him for, uh, for almost 40 years. Almost 40 years, yeah. Probably, probably 37, 38, something like that. And if it's possible, Mike, there's actually somebody here that knew Jeff a little longer. His name is Max Hall. Max, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I know it's not the best of circumstances, but uh, we're going to make the best of it tonight. We're, we will certainly make the best of it. That's why I kind of put out a little uh, header today. Bring the Kleenex, bring the wet wipes, and bring a change of undergarments if necessary. Because the Jeff, uh, Jeff the Ref had stories and was the subject of stories. Uh, I've heard a few of them already. The only thing that completely kept me from falling apart was that he had one wicked sense of humor. There's one more guest joining us tonight. It's a woman who, uh, the only woman in the crew tonight, who worked with Jeff, often in fact. At Vanguard Championship Wrestling, you may remember her as Grimlina from the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Grimmy, how are you? Hanging in there. I hear you. I wish my, my husband would love to have been here, and he just has no words. He was Jeff's backup head of security at VCW. He worked yeah. with Jeff of security, and he just has not been able to put into words what's that you know it's yeah it's a gut punch it was a gut punch yeah it, it's um we have to go back if we're if we're going to do this any justice we have to go back to saturday uh, i spoke to jeff three times saturday spoke to him uh, at 11 30 a.m i spoke to him again about 4 30 and i talked to him 45 minutes before he passed. Uh, anyway. And he sounded fine. And he was in good spirits and cutting up and joking. He was getting ready to watch, uh, of course, wrestling. Imagine that. Um, he had complained to his roommate earlier in the day that he had some chest discomfort. And later that evening, when they were sitting down to watch wrestling, uh, the AEW pay-per-view, he complained uh, further chest pains. Uh, they offered to take him to the hospital. He hey, honey, can you take me? 
he 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 was they offered to take him to the hospital and he refused and said i'm just going to go lay down a little bit and he never returned from his room about 20 minutes or so 25 minutes later they went in and he was having convulsions in his room um he died in his bed and uh i got the phone call five minutes after so i i know that i was the first one called uh not a phone call i wanted to get it's not a phone call anybody wants to get i spoke to uh one of his roommates his mother had not even found out i said get off this phone right now reach out to his mother find his mother i don't care what you got to do get her she has to know before i do so in the interim they got a hold of his mother and she i will tell you she is one tough cookie god bless that woman she's got some faith and if you've never met brenda robinson you will never forget once you do she is a very very devout woman Mikey, um, how did this impact you? It blew up, man. It was a roller coaster of emotions. And, uh, you know, it called me about 45 minutes after after he passed. And, uh, and like, it was unbelievable. And so I've been I've been up and down and like one minute having you know fun memories and then the next minute just kind of bawling my eyes out. So it's, I can uh, relate. Yeah, it's, I can uh, relate. You know, like um, Sunday morning, man, I was I was a mess. I just woke up and I was just bawling. And uh, yeah, and Michael, I the first one to tell you. Yeah, you were the first. I didn't know until you told me. Yeah. Oh, so nobody, nobody reached out. Okay, and Max. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say, Max. How did you find out, Max? Uh, who, who told you? Uh, yeah, me and Mike were, we're good friends. We've been friends for a long time too. And uh, he actually, you know, called me, and I missed his call, and he just said, "Give me a call back as as soon as possible." And uh, it was Saturday night, was through my nose, and uh, I just when I saw that, I spoke to my girlfriend. I said, "It's a." unusual going on here because Mike wouldn't call me this late for, for something yeah. you know ordinary so mm -hmm. uh, I just kind of had a heavy feeling I was, was going to call Mike and, and I just been expecting that it's really right heavy. yeah Grimmy and now I know I tried to reach out to you Saturday but I also know that you were working a, a wrestling con um so I know that you found out Saturday. Who was the, the first person that actually got through to you? How did you find uh, out? George Pantis. Okay, George got a hold of you. Yeah, uh, I got a text from uh, saying, check my news feed. And yeah. this is like 45 Saturday night. And I'm like, you woke me up from a dead sleep. What the hell's going on? Yeah. And if I didn't answer you. And then George was insistent, and George never calls that late. Yeah. And when George told me, I reached over and woke Alan up. Yeah. We just both, it's been 
one hell of a weekend. I'm at, I'm at a convention. I'm with the wrestlers. Jeff would have loved it. I'd just done a panel about the impact of women's wrestling and how it's changed. And I wanted to share that with Jeff because I had it videoed because you know he would have been all over that shit. Oh, God, sure. <laughs> and it was like, I can't, how can I tell him? I can't now. But I yeah. know he was watching me going, you got it, sister. Well, and, you know, Grimmy, I, I have a feeling you still can. Oh, I, I have a feeling you still can. Uh, Max, let me uh, get back to you for a second, because uh, you've known Jeff longer than anybody. you got to answer this question for me, because I'm, you know, I've been around a lot of people in the wrestling business. Oh, we have someone joining us. All right. Who's with us? Hello, everybody. I'm Jay No. I, uh, oh, hey, Jay. How you doing, my friend? Hi, I'm Jay. Hi, hey, Jimmy. Jay's Hi, one of Jimmy. Jeff's friends. Big yeah. J Jay's one of Jeff's friends I spoke to uh, through Facebook. Um, we're going to get to you in a second, Jay, because I want you to to kind of fill in the blanks for us. Okay. Um, so, Max, you, you knew Jeff from what, like from three or four years of age? Uh, yeah, yeah, probably from the late 70s. And he pretty much grew up right around the corner from me. And he was, his mom was friends of my family. And so you have to answer something for me. You know, I've been around wrestlers and the wrestling business for a very long time. Um, I've never met anyone or ever knew anyone that had such a passion, such a thirst for knowledge as Jeff the Ref Robinson. So you got to tell me. Is this something you saw develop, or was it was it always there? Well, you know where it came from was his grandfather. His I don't know if he ever talked about his granddad. But okay, no, this is we're learning something. Go ahead. Yeah, his granddad was big into wrestling. He was a closet wrestling fan. He wouldn't admit it to anybody. We we went to the same church coincidentally, and uh, he um, would never tell you. You would look at him, and you would never know that he was a wrestling person, but any wow. pay-per-view, Jeff, Jeff did pay-per-views from as long as I can remember. In fact, Mike probably showed up for you know, several of them too. His granddad was always there. His granddad was always giving commentary. He was, he was yeah. born to, he was born to watch that sport. And, and uh, you know, he was limited. He didn't really say a lot, but you knew the man knew wrestling because when they did something wrong, he would let you know. He would yell at the TV. His <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and next, do you remember how many times his granddad would have to say, okay, boys, quiet down? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing was, Jeff was the one that, Jeff and Jeff's mom would be the one that sprang for the uh, pay per view. And he'd be the one over there, like, you know, basically being the supervisor. Yep. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Or he so, shut up down. So it was. It's been, it's been a long time coming. Then, so his grandfather was. See, now I didn't know that. I never knew that about him. That it was his grandfather that introduced him to the sport. Now, uh, Jay. Yes, sir. Got Jay, no here. Okay, Jay. I need you to fill in the blanks for me here. Um, I told everyone at the top of the show about Jeff's passing and. 
you know, the kind of the timeline. I need you to fill in the blanks for me. What happened during that day? I spoke to him around 1130 and again well, around 430. Well, I got the devastating call. It was it was uh, Trey called me. Um, he messaged me and he said, Jay, he's like, it's an emergency. It's Jeff. Um, I, 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 I was like, what's your phone number? Because I had Jeff's phone number. And I'm like, why didn't Jeff just hit me up if Jeff's hit me off of Trayvon's number? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I call him and Trey, can, he can't talk. He's just, he's in pieces. I yeah. said, what's, what's going on, Trey? What's, what's going on? He's like, he left us. And at that time, that's when I fell to pieces. And uh, so fast forward a little bit. Um, Trayvon says, you know, that they can't leave the house until the coroner gets there. Um, I know him. Ivan, Ivan's a very good friend of mine, too, from going over there. And uh, yeah. so because I was just there Monday hanging out, watching wrestling with him. Yeah. And, and that, that was my dog. That was my big brother. But. Yeah, now let's talk about that because apparently he was big brother to a lot of people. My dog was saying hi to everyone, by the way. Um, uh, he was, I've heard that over and over and over again, Jay, on Facebook and on Twitter. He was my big brother. Apparently, Jeff, like, took everybody in like Papa Bear. That's it, man. That is you know, it. That's that's the feel I get. That was who Jeff was. He Jeff Jeff didn't care if you were white, black, brown, blue, yellow. If you were nice to him and you and you showed him kindness, that's all Jeff would return. And even yeah. if you had an attitude or you were nasty, he still tried to see the brighter things. Yeah. He still tried to be, you know, to give people the time, you know. You know, yeah. maybe you're like this, you know, for a messed up reason or something, you know? Yeah. And give them that extra chance because that's well, just... Well, I will tell you all that I saw the wrath of Jeff the ref. <laughs> I got a story. Oh, believe me, I got a story. I got a story, too. He walked off the show one night. Oh, wow. Oh, you guys don't know about that. Oh, man. He walked off the show one night and was hot at me. I mean, he was hot. Well, somebody asked me why he was hot at me. Why was he hot at you? Because I took a dump on the WWE. <laughs> Ooh, that's... that's and, I've and, always dumped on the WWE. He never got oh, hot with me. Grimmie, he got upset and walked off. Grimmy, Grimmy, he, he, Grimmy, he ain't got that whip. That's why he didn't get lit with you. He ain't oh. want that whip. <laughs> Now, here's something I want you all to know that not many people do. Back in 2018, we were, my husband and I were getting ready to come down to VCW. My husband had to be rushed to the emergency room with an oxygen level of 65% and a CO2 level of 104. He was intubated and put in ICU. And he stayed in ICU for 60 days. I Jeff, heard the story. Jeff called. Jeff kept everybody at VCW informed of what was going on. Yeah. 
I put the phone up to Alan, I, and Alan says he does vaguely remember this through all the drugs and shit. Because they basically had him in a medically induced coma. Keep him yeah. calm. Because Alan put the tube out twice. And Jeff, I heard Jeff through the phone say, Look, you son of a bitch, you fight. And he told Alan, You're not giving up, you're going to fight. You, you may not have been a wrestler or been a wrestling fan. He said, but damn it, you are now. You better fight your ass back. That's great. That's classic ref. Oh, That's yeah. classic ref, Brimmy. And he had his mother, his father, everybody praying for Alan. That was Jeff. Jay, I got to ask you a question. You know... You knew firsthand how passionate he was about his wrestling, right? Oh, yeah. And you knew did you, <laughs> he did you loved his... Did you ever get to see the action figures hung up on the wall? Did he ever show that on the podcast? Yes. yes. I'm the one... I took my time out and went over there and hung all his wrestlers up on his wall. Because he, for yes, years... He told me that. I took I took little air, little air blower things... The little computer air things and oh, yeah. dusted them all off and cleaned them all off and oh, I went wow. over. That was you. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he's funny. I didn't know it was you, but he said, "Yeah, a friend of mine came over and hung all my figures up on the wall." Now I know who he's talking about. Well, this so is so he asked a question about that and about his his love of wrestling. Did he try? To convert people to wrestling, was he oh, like the wrestling's goodwill ambassador? Oh yeah. Oh, I, I can I can uh, be front line when I say yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. Um, I hated wrestling. I fell out of love. I had about as much passion for wrestling as Jeff did. I was at the first WrestleMania. I was at the closed circuit of the first Starcade. I lived, breathed, ate, slept wrestling. I hung out with them. I was their driver. 94, I said, screw this Because to me, it won't wrestling anymore. I had boycotted it. I hadn't gone to anything matches. I wouldn't watch it on TV. Hell, I wouldn't even watch my own glow matches. (laughs) Wow. Jeff friended me on Facebook. And you don't say no to that guy. <laughs> We're going to get into that. We're going to get into that, Grimmy. So don't go too deep into that one. That's yeah. That's all you don't say no to Jeff. So, so Jay, so he was the uh, wrestling's goodwill ambassador. I, I'll tell you, I could tell you this, okay? And a, and a lot of wrestling fans, you know, they can get down with it. Some of them don't. But I, I like hardcore wrestling a little bit more, you know what I'm saying, than, than sure. other wrestling. And Jeff hated it. <laughs> Jeff hated how much I loved hardcore wrestling. He's like, hardcore wrestlers, they can't wrestle. They can just bleed really good. <laughs> and you know what? And that's the real shit, man. But I would tell you this, no matter what, it, it knew, he would always push me, push me, push me. Man, you got to watch the next Raw. It's it's going to be it's gonna be fire, man. You got to watch the next Raw, man. And I'm just like, Ugh. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it just for you, man. And he would watch it no matter how bad it was. That's it. And, and I will tell you, and it this may be a fitting the this may be the most fitting tribute ever. He called me Monday. Uh, I'm sorry. He called me Friday, and he said it was Friday morning early, and he said. Them son of a bitches put the title on Goldberg. They just fucking killed the fiend. And I was like, I was just shook my head. I and I go, what happened, Jeff? He goes, those stupid son of a bitches just killed the greatest fucking character in wrestling. He loved him some Bray. Yeah. He loved him some Bray, boy. <laughs> he always wanted me to be Sister Abigail. Oh. <laughs> Jeff was like, if they ever had a sister Abigail, it's for you, Grimmy. And right. he got one of my, he was the reason one of my friends started the page, Give Grimlina a Chance. WWE, here's your Abigail. Right. That's awesome. So, so Jeff texted me uh, during the day on Friday to let me know that uh, Goldberg had won. And like on our refs roundtable, we said we weren't going to watch it. But okay, so he he found out. He he either watched it or he found out. And then uh, I was this close to saying, "Yeah, because Bray sucks." And uh, <laughs> just to mess with him. And uh, you know, I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to do it. And uh, so I, I just I just played really really calm and, and respectful and I said, well, hopefully hopefully it's going to turn into a good story arc and then Bray doesn't get buried too far. Yeah. But, uh, so, Max, you've you known this guy a long time and you knew him well. Were you a wrestling fan or did he convert you? or what was, What's your, your stand on wrestling? And, uh, well, I, 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 don't, I really don't know a whole lot about you, Max. Yeah, yeah, I, um, so Jeff, he had these pay-per-views, I guess we kind of overlapped in our, and he was definitely into it more than I was, but I used to go every pay-per-view on the, you know, when they had them on Sundays back in, you know, the late 80s, early 90s, if, before I could even drive, and yeah. so we just kind of developed and talked about it then, and then, uh, Mike, like I said, I met Mike a little bit, probably in the late 80s, and we kind of, but, Mike, you know, what's funny is I don't really remember us all being together at a wrestling show or, like, pay-per-view or anything like that. I mean, I no, know we maybe we, we were. Okay. I yeah. just, like I said, my uh, memory is a little fuzzy, but yeah. uh, I used to actually, uh, before I could even drive, I used to ride my bike over to Jeff's house at nighttime. But this is where I came over to your house, Mike, and I didn't get cable TV. My parents were, you know, into that, and um, the only way I could watch Raw was, you know, I had to go over to Jeff's house or I had to go to Mike's house. And um, wow. Yeah, I used to play those that way, and uh, I just was talking to Jeff uh, last time I uh, spoke with him was about two weeks ago. I said, "Hey, do you remember uh, the night Andre Andre Diet died? Um, basically, they did tribute to him on Raw, and they actually uh, rang the bell for each pitcher they showed. I think they showed like every, I think they showed each pitcher for every year that uh, every year that he had lived. So, right. Uh, and I actually discussed that with him. I said, "Do you remember that?" He's like, "Yeah, I sure do, man." And I was like, man, that was a long time ago. I looked it up. I think that was in the early 90s. And I'm like, wow, Jeff, we, that goes way back. So, 
Well, so, you know, he had this incredible have- memory. Oh, yeah. You know, and we talked about it on the show. And I said, I asked him during uh, one of our our shows, you know, when when we started the show, I would always just say, you know, uh, okay, Guru, uh, you know, what happened new in wrestling this week? And he would tell me, and we got into it one time. He goes, uh, I can't help myself. I'm, I'm like a sponge. I just absorb stuff. Yeah. And he was like that. He was just—he knew stuff he should not. Have, he knew stuff from forty years before he was born. Oh yeah, remarkable, Grimmy. Did did you ever go to uh, any matches with him, Grim? Did I ever go to any matches? No. I mean, other than the guard. I um. I went to wrestling, you see, I'm 55, so I'm 12 years older than Jeff. So, we never got to go to matches, because when I was going, I was like 18, 19. That's when I could get away from my parents and had my own car and could go to the shows. And it's like, we would talk about it, and... He knew stuff that I had watched live. And I'm like, you weren't even born yet. (laughs) He knew it. He knew it. Well, you know, I think that came from, and and Angela, we were talking about this last night. And Max, you might have seen this. When when you went over to Jeff's house and went in his bedroom, I don't know if you ever went in his bedroom, but he had not, not just a stack this big, it was three foot high stack of wrestling magazines, and they were, yeah. you know, he was reading anything he could get his hands on because this was yeah. way before the internet, way before yeah. like, it was either yeah. on TV, on a VHS, or in a magazine. Yeah, you know, yeah, his he says that he credits his mother with getting him a subscription to uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Yeah, and that set the ball in motion. And did he tell you that I dated a PWI photographer? No, we'll talk about that later, Grimmy. We're just going to talk about Jeff tonight. Um, And, you know, to add to that, too, uh, Mike, um, to what you were saying about before the Internet, I was going to say Jeff would would memorize all that, like for every major um, event that they had, any wrestling pay-per-view, he would memorize the cards. This was well before the Internet. And I never one time they had a they had they had a uh, WWF pay per view, probably in the early nineties, and um, they I think it was WrestleMania. I don't know which one it was, but uh, he actually memorized the whole card. And at the end of the show, they dropped two matches, and he said, "Man, we got we got chipped. We didn't get two matches out of this." <laughs> Poor instant That's communication, Jeff. man. That's that would Jeff. be Jeff. Yeah. Well, he and his grandfather, like his grandfather, would write out. Um, like he had magazines with, and it, when, when we were cleaning out the, the storage unit, there was magazines with like they would go to wrestling shows and write down the matches and who was who won and what yeah. happened. It was. The, the I heard that. Down. That's when they used to have programs at wrestling. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Jay, did you ever go to uh, the shows with the, with Jeff? 
I never got a, an opportunity to go to shows. I watched a lot of wrestling with him and, of course, worked side by side with him on many shows. But I never got right. the privilege to go and watch him as a, as a fan. So you were with him at Vanguard, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so let's talk about Vanguard because that's a group right now that's got a big empty hole in their heart. He was such a, a, a critical part of that security team. Uh, his, his friend Ray Savino says that he was the uh, the mentor, the boss, the big brother, the glue that held everything together. And I'm sure. And I and, and this week, as a matter of fact, I sent uh, a letter of condolence to Travis Bradshaw uh, and uh, Gino and uh, and Ray and everybody and all the staff and wrestlers. At Vanguard, you know, expressing my condolences. Uh, it was, it's a loss for me and the show. And and we'll talk about that in a minute. But it's a bigger loss for them because he worked with them closely and in person. Jeff and I never met in person. We were co-hosts. And we started off as strangers who met through another show. I'm going to talk about that. Jeff and I were going to do an entire show, by the way, of how we met, because it was completely and utterly divinely inspired. Okay? How things work and why they work the way they do. Just amazing. And Jeff and I were strangers. And I was appearing on a show called The Bowling Alley with Kenny Boland. And I did, you know, my thing. And Jeff wanted to know more about what I do. So he wrote me a question and I answered it. And apparently I didn't answer it satisfactorily enough for him. So I had to go into detail. And he left his phone number. So I had to call and explain to him. Through that phone call, this is the, this is the first phone call. This is September. I'm sorry. I'm, this is May. Okay, keep in mind, May. Late May, early June. And I called them and we talked uh, about the psychic work, the spiritual work to do. And he started answering some questions and I did a couple readings for him. The conversation quickly turned back to wrestling. Can you hear me, Angelo? Barely. You started breaking up bad, then you went and mute again. Oh, wow. Now it sounds like the okay. connection's bad. There you go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. There you go. Okay. yeah. Evidently, I don't know, we had some interference or something. Solar flare. Damn gremlins. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, we started speaking about spiritual stuff, and the, the conversation quickly turned back to wrestling. Within five minutes of that conversation, 
was already plotting out a podcast. First football back in late May, early June. Then he ended up in the hospital for a good part of the summer. Well, I went on vacation in August. So that's May, June. All of July, he's in the hospital pretty much. I go on vacation in August, so we don't get together until September. But we're talking to each other back and forth. So come September, I said, okay, I'll tell you what. You're beating me over the head with this wrestling because he can be a little persuasive, you know. <laughs> you think? Because I wanted to do a podcast about the spiritual realm. And I was going to let him maybe talk about wrestling once in a while. That wasn't going to work. No, you, you see, Mikey knows. <laughs> no, that wasn't going to work. Well, it ended up being a whole podcast. So we had a discussion about the podcast. And within a half an hour, format, time frame, and we already had our first five guests lined up. Oh, wow. In, in 30 minutes. Because it didn't take long with Jeff and I between who he knew and who I knew. And I must say, I've got a kudos to me. I impressed him, and that's hard to do. Because I, I knew a lot more than he does. <laughs> but we did our first podcast on September the 24th, 2019. It was YouTube. I'm Do you think it would help if we muted our microphones when we're not talking? Yeah, I got How about that? Is that better? Yeah, I can hear it now. Okay, we're better now? Yeah. Terrific. Yeah, we're having some kind of interference. I'm not sure what's going on. Jeff is trying to get in a word or two. Well, and I believe that. You know, it's funny, Mikey. My wife, Anita, just said the same thing. And Jeff was always respectful to Anita. He used to say, Hi, Miss Anita. Hi, Anita. My sister-in-law does a great Jeff the Ref impression, by the way. I got to hear it. Yeah. Hi, this is Jeff the Ref. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm going to miss that fucking voice. God damn. Hey, Angelo. But we, uh, but we, we, we connected. The point I'm trying to get to is we connected. And that first show to now, we always called ourselves the little podcast that could and did. And we'll continue because he will be a part of every show through a tribute. We're going to do a tribute to Jeff on every single show. 
because there's enough people and enough stories to go for about the next three to five years. Well, more than that. Yeah, exactly, Grammy. Longer than that. So that's what we're going to do. So now, Jay, how did you actually meet the ref? Oh, man. So, okay, funny, funny story. Um, I grew up listening to the Insane Clown Posse, which they were, they loved their wrestling, and they had their own little wrestling company called JCW. And uh, there was a wrestler named Necro Butcher. A lot of people know him from the movie The Wrestler. Yeah, but, uh, I know he's in my area. Yeah, yeah. Dylan is a good friend of ours because of Jeff. Um, Jeff's uh, stepdaughter at the time, she listened to ICP. So he was like, you know, see if you can find some of your juggalo friends that maybe want to do security because we got a juggalo wrestler coming in. So ended up going out to Newport News that night and uh, doing a show with him. And Necro Butcher ended up coming back to my friend's house and we had a great night. And then next thing you know, I, you know from then on, I, I worked with Jeff until we had a little bit of a hiccup about 10 years ago. And right. uh, so I did. I didn't do security with him, but I was so glad about a year ago he gave me a phone call. And he was like, man, you want to do security again? Jeff, I was like, all right. He was like, be there. I was like, yes, sir. So all those years later, he didn't forget you? No. Always friends throughout the years. But uh, the, the hiccup was more or less with me and VCW at the time. Right. So we were past that. grown up now. I've, I've grown up a lot since them times. So uh, it's it's a good thing now, you know. Um, I was, like I said, I was very blessed to get to meet Jeff because Jeff was yeah. just kind heart. He, he had such a kind heart, man. And uh, yeah. it's so funny because we would always, he we would be, in the shows, and he would be yelling over at me, and I'm like, I can't hear you. So I, I brought in walkie. <laughs> I brought in walkie talkies. I'm like, we got walkies now. We can talk to each other. Well, I'd be on it. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Walker, where's your walkie? At? It's in my pocket. Thank God, you can't hear me. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so I got us earpieces for the walkie talkies. Beautiful. And, uh, one thing I'm gonna miss the most is uh. Walking into the show and him looking at me and go, hook me up, brother, because he never hooked up his own earpiece. I had to hook it up for him. <laughs> and I'll never oh, forget. Damn. I was on it. I have like, you talked to uh, Have you talked to Travis or any of the crew there at VCW? What are their feelings right now? What's going on with them? Um, Travis and Travis and uh, Jeff have been friends a long time, so I think Travis is still kind of taking it. You know, step by step. Right. Um, George is, is very hurt. He's, uh, you know, he, the other day was his grandson's uh, birthday. So he was trying to, you know, stay focused on that and stuff. And yeah, he's, he's extremely torn, tore up about it. Um, Phil Brown, man, me and Phil Brown are very good friends. And uh, Phil, Phil is very, very, very devastated by this because. Yeah. I know Jeff was really looking forward to meeting Sergeant Slaughter, I can tell you that. Oh, yeah, yeah. On yeah, March 4th. I can also tell you he was looking forward to coming up to Philadelphia for the first time. Yeah. Come to find out he had never, never <coughs> been to Philadelphia. 
Yeah. We were doing a, we're doing a uh, icons of wrestling show. Yeah, at remember the EC- Yeah, at the ECW arena in Philly. In fact, related to that, just before we got involved in that show, we had Rob Feinstein on the show from RF Video. And Jeff and Rob were like two kids in the candy store talking about tape trading. Oh, yeah. And... The dirt sheets and the newsletters, and I and I just sat back. I went, Here's what I did. Go ahead, you talk. I'm good. Talk. We're fine. You know, I'll have my cigarette, my coffee. Just you know, continue. And they just talked and talked about tape trade. And I just sat back and smoked my cigarette and drank my coffee. <laughs> never and I never interrupted them. They had a great conversation, and it's, thank God it's all on tape. Right, absolutely. So now, um, go ahead, Grimmy. She got her mic muted. Yeah, oh, she's muted her mic. Somebody let Grimmy know that she muted her mic. I can't do it. Can't hear you. You gotta turn that mic on. Hey, uh, Angelo, if you put your mouse on her window, her camera feed, yeah, pull up her name in a little gray box, yeah, with the drop down, I think you can, I think you might be able to unmute her. Um, you see what I'm I, saying? No. Um, but I'm going to send her a message right now. Okay. Here we go. Bear with us, folks. So, Angelo, let's let's not forget to get back to the, to Saturday and and, and his day because I do know what he did during the day. So, definitely, oh, absolutely, yeah, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I'll tell you my first memory of going to a show with Jeff. Okay. We're going to talk about that, Mike. I'm going to hold that story. All right. Because I'm going to hit you up for like three stories that I know about. Okay. But don't know the details. Okay. So, just as soon as Grimmy puts her phone down, we'll be able to figure out what's going on. You know, I wonder if she has to drop off the call and then get added back. You know what? We may have to do that. Just for ease. Yeah, her microphone's muted. Yeah. I think what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to drop her out. Yeah. Okay. And then just call her back. Yeah, she'll call right back. It'll add her right to the uh, to the call. Okay. That's not a problem. So, uh, yeah, go ahead, Jay. Walk us through Saturday. So, uh, so I get there. To, you know, to be there for Trayvon and, and Ivan, and um, we're sitting there waiting for the corner to get to the house. And right. Oh, Saturday, you know, I get there to the house and I look over, and I love up to death. There's two boxes of duck, duck donut, and I look. 
I look at Trayvon. I'm like, hey, can I get a donut? He's like, they were Jeff. I'm like, what? He's like, we got donuts today. And I'm like, damn. I opened it up and there was like two donuts gone. I was like, did he even eat? Did he get to eat a donut? He was like, you know he ate a donut. I was like, yeah, yeah. And then I was, then we got in the house and uh, he's like, he bought a pizza from Cal's and we opened the pizza and he literally got a piece of pizza out that pizza, man. And I was like, man. So, and it it was hard. It was hard, but. The coroner showed up with three women and one man. And I was like, they tell you about stuff? And they're like, yeah, he said he's about 400 pounds. I was like, he's a little heavier than that. They got him up and they, they got him out to the steps and I actually helped him get Jeff down the steps. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, I knew that. And thank you, Jay. Yeah, that was my brother, and I know if if the shoe was on the other foot, he would do it. So, I, I love man. When he was in the hospital last year, I would video call. He had that damn Don hair haircut or hairdo. So I finally I drove well, up. Well, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because he got his. You know, told my wife and I that he was trying to shave. You know, to give himself a haircut. And he said he gapped himself. And he said when he looked, he went, well, fuck it, I may as well just go for the rest of it. So he gave himself a buzz cut. But my wife and I thought it really looked good. And Nita said, Jeff, it looks really good. You know? Well, and he, it actually made him look younger. Yeah. When he was in, the, when he was in Norfolk uh, General... You know, I looked at him, I was like, man, you need to ask your nurses, can I drive out there and cut your hair? So he called me a little bit later. He said, they gave me the okay. They're going to let let you come up here and cut my hair. So I took my buzz clippers up there and went up there and cut his hair, man. I remember and, that. I got the picture of it. Yeah, man, it was great. Good times, man. I, I Yeah. And, I've, you know, that was something that really tore me up was when I was there Monday. One yeah. of the main reasons. I went Monday was to cut his hair for the podcast Tuesday. And yes. while we were watching wrestling, he started passing out. And, uh, you know, by well, the time... Well, I want to tell everybody, uh, Jeff actually did that show. And he was starting to nod off. And I was concerned about him. In fact, that's the only show... That I have on video that I did not upload and I will not upload. Um, the audio is there. Uh, it's flawless and it's seamless. And you would never know anything was wrong. Angelo, look at your look at your messages. Can you hear me now? Barely. All right, hold up. We'll get you. You're good. You're good. I can hear you now. Sounds good now. Better? Yep. Yes. Okay. Terrific. 
Yeah, we're. He's really trying to make himself known. I got news for you. <laughs> he's like, you know, he's talking about me without me being here. You know. Yeah. So, what that? I don't know what that noise was. Hi, Jeff. <laughs> ding. You're right. Oh, that ding. Yeah. Was that you? That was uh, my phone. My phone's being blown up. Oh, okay. My phone has okay. not stopped since Sunday. Saturday night, Sunday. Yeah, I think um, the uh, I think what we're having here is a, a little bit of spiritual interference, and that's I'm okay with that. My question is, is where is Ray right now? Don't we need Ray? Dude, you're supposed to be telling us what he's saying right now, Ray. Where you at, dog? <laughs> Come on, man. I'll uh, tell you what he's saying. He's, he's saying. Ray and he's, he's devastated. Oh, I know. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, you know, I hit him up Saturday night. And um, when I hit him up, he was actually hunting. And I was like, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to turn your night upside down, but I need, I need you to call me, bro. Like I, this is like yeah, very yeah. important. And he was just like, "What's going on?" And I was like, "Just please, just call me." You like, so finally he get, you know, he gave me a call, and I explained to him, and he was just like, he's like, "Just tell me you're playing." And I was like, "This, this is not something I would play about," you know. Well, I said the same thing with Trey called because he, he was. You know, uh, you know, clearly visibly upset and speaking so fast. I said, "Slow down, slow down." What, what are you trying to tell me? And I, I finally got it out of him. And I was, I haven't been right since. I mean, to be honest with you, I haven't been right since. Yeah. So now, Max, you've you've largely been quiet, but I'm going to get you to talk. Um, you obviously knew the non-wrestling Jeff. I did, I did. And so I want to know about Jeff Robinson, not Jeff the ref. Tell me about Jeff Robinson. Well, Jeff was Jeff. And, you know, he was just one of those presences that uh, I don't think, I, I don't know anybody that I've ever met like him. I mean, I, I can't even think of one remote person, but... He had personality to the point where, uh, you know, we would go places and stuff, and either he would cause a scene or people would be, just be attracted to him because of the way he was. But uh, I will tell you this. Uh, he went to school with me for a good portion of my high school years, and um, I used to give him a ride home because he, he lived around the corner from me. So uh, we would just we – would, we would go places and do stuff, and, and – uh, one memory in particular, I'll tell you, just, just to give you an idea of this, this this guy. We went to Walmart one day. And Mike, I might have told you this story, but it's probably been a while. We went to Walmart one day after after school, and um, we went down to the um, the audio section where the stereos are, where the car stereos are. And he just decided, you know, he's like, man, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna mess with the uh, with the floor person here. I'm like, what are you gonna do? He turns the radio. They have that display where you can actually select which radio you want. He turns it all the way up and walks off. So it, it's blaring music, whatever. So we're around the corner. He's like, watch this. So uh, the next thing you know, I hear I hear the floor person. And he's like, man, what this? The, he, he's like, who did this? Whatever. Then the manager comes out. And he says, 
what do you do? And like, you're supposed to, you're supposed to uh, watch this, you're supposed to uh, supervise this, make sure people are not messing with this. He's like, this is really loud. So I hear the manager like, you know, getting on the uh, the guy who's supposed to be responsible for watching it. So typical Jeff, he goes around the corner. He says, ah, man, why did you turn it up so high? That hurt my ears. <laughs> That's funny. I heard a story yesterday. Just to cause a scene. Just to cause a scene. I, I heard a story yesterday. Now, Jay, I might need you to verify this. I heard a story because, you know, Jeff lived in his sister's house, right? Uh, I'm a little bit he did, yes. Yeah, okay. He lived in his sister Amy's house. And so the story I got from one of his friends, Ashley, yesterday was that they had a party one night. on a, It was a Friday night. And they had a party. There was um, adult beverages consumed, a lot of them. There may have been some medicinal smoking material involved. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> <laughs> and there may have been a 450-pound naked Jeff Robinson coming out of the bathroom with both hands in the air going, it's party time. It's party <laughs> Angelo, I cannot sit here and say I was there. But in the same sense, I believe that that is true because that's who Jeff was. <laughs> I heard that story yesterday. He went into the, the bathroom, took all his clothes off, came out, toasted, you know, you know, like <laughs> toasted, 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 and just was feeling, feeling Jeff, <laughs> live in living color, and uh, and just with cup in each hand, going, it's party time, it's party time, and I could see him doing that. Oh, so, I wish I'd been there for that. Oh man, I heard that story. I was, I just laughed. I needed to laugh. I needed that laugh yesterday. So now, Mikey. Yeah. Speaking of laughter, there are uh, three stories I heard, all involving the Norfolk Scope, yeah. all involving the National Wrestling Alliance, or WCW as they were called, uh, and one story involved a cup of ice. One story involved Brandy Rose, and one story involved being chased by the police into the parking lot. <laughs> okay. So, Tell me again. All right. Well, buckle up. So, uh, Jeff and I went to, I believe it was Great American Bash. Okay. And um, we're sitting there watching uh, Ric Flair wrestle, okay? I, I, I don't remember exactly who he wrestled, but it, it could have been Sting or um, Lex Luger or somebody, some way over babyface. And so... Um, Steamboat. It was Steamboat, okay. Thank you. So uh, we're there, and... Uh, <laughs> Jeff's mom, I think, dropped us off at the scope, and uh, we had pretty good seats. And so we're sitting there, 
And all of a sudden, you know, I, they really need to check these cup lids because ice was just flying out of his cup into the ring and onto Ric Flair. And look, Jeff wow. and I, we are the biggest Ric Flair fans. And, uh, you know, nothing but respect to him. But at the time, he was he was the work, you know, the 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 biggest heel going. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so they actually came on. They stopped the match and they came on the loudspeaker and said, we will not tolerate anybody throwing objects into the ring. <laughs> if we catch you, you will be escorted out of the building without a refund. And so <laughs> we uh, we kind of kept low low uh, profile for a few minutes and then sure enough a few minutes later you throw in some more ice <laughs> and well you know Mikey he was just trying to cool down Mr. Flair apparently he was working very hard yeah. and it was hot oh with those bright lights yeah I mean absolutely yeah so so that was the that was the uh the cup of ice story. Yeah. Remy, uh, you're going to have to stop with that camera. I really, I can't have that. We're getting motion sickness. <laughs> yeah, it's all over the place. We got to stop. So, uh, can, can you tell I don't do Skype much? <laughs> it's okay, Grimmy. Just hang in there with me. Go ahead, Mikey. So the second story was Brandy Rhodes. So, um... Max, wasn't it me, you, and Jeff that went to the, the show at the Scope? Yeah. And, uh, this was a few years ago. Yeah. And uh, after the after the show, after the dark matches, um, they uh, the wrestlers came out and you know were kind of talking to the crowd a little bit, you know, giving high fives and people could take self whatever. So little did we know, but uh, Brandy Rhodes came up and she was one of the last. Uh, WWE talent to come through and she was really nice she she spent a few minutes and um, uh, actually me and Jeff and Max were the last people to see her and take a photo of her as a WWE employee because that was the night she, oh, she quit oh gotcha okay so that was that oh, okay. um, and then um, what was the third one being chased into the parking lot by police. I don't know. Give me, give me a little more on that because I don't know what the story came from. Well, the, what the story that I heard was that perhaps one or two friends of Mr. Robinson and perhaps Mr. Robinson himself may or may not have tried to gain access to the backstage area where the wrestling personnel were. I wasn't Jeff part of that. But that is absolutely, I'm sure, true. And so the story goes that two very large, burly, over, you know, oversized security officers of the Norfolk Scope proceeded to escort these two or three gentlemen, young fellas, out of the dressing room by chasing them into the parking lot out the side door. That's great. That's the story I have on a very good authority. I believe it. I believe every word of it. <laughs> I believe every word of it. So, let me, Jay, let me ask you a question. 
Yes, sir. You know, Jeff had a wicked sense of humor. Oh, he oh, right. on some of the ribs he pulled. Oh, I got man. one. Hold on, Remy. Because <laughs> Jeff, boy, oh, boy. Oh, man. He uh, Jeff loved his women. I can tell you that much. Uh, I can't uh -huh. tell you. I can't tell you how many times, you know, boy, look at that one over and, and it was just, I loved it, man. I loved it, man. But as far as joking on people or stuff like that, man, I, I can't really, I don't know, man. I, he was a really funny motherfucker. I'll tell you that because we would be, you know, at his house and I would be sitting there and sometimes he, you know, he'd pass out for a second. I'd be like, Jeff, Jeff. Or I'd get really into the show, and he'd be like, "Jay, what you over there doing, Jay?" I'm like, yeah, "I'm watching the show, Jeff." <laughs> He's like, "You sure?" Yes, Jeff. I'm sitting right here with you, watching the same show you are. <laughs> Somebody told me that that he had narcolepsy. He would fall asleep, like talking to him. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 I can't even imagine that. That's uh, so strange. Well, you know, and I don't, I don't mean to get everybody in their feelings, man. But when I was there Monday, you know, he did, uh, he did a lot of nodding out, and uh, when he would come back, he would, uh, it almost was like it sounded like you quit breathing. Um, it was me, Ivan, and him sitting there, and yeah. we, had, you know, I, I looked at Ivan and I said, "Does he do this a lot?" You know, he said he had undiagnosed sleep apnea. Yeah. And uh, he said he's been passing out like that for about the last six months. But, yeah. Uh, it just, it, it was it was scary. It was scary for me. Oh, brother, I'll tell you what was scary for me, too, because he, he did that on the air. And he, not, he never did that before. Yeah. We and, did almost 60 shows, 61 shows. And on one time... One time, and in fact, it was last week, uh, and and he just nodded, and I thought, oh, my God. And I said, I went, Jeff, and he went, popped right up. In fact, Mike was a, a Tuesday. I believe he missed the, the first and only show he ever missed was Tuesday because his Crohn's was kicking in. Oh. And you guys did the, the round table on Wednesday, right? Yeah. And what was the subject of the roundtable that Wednesday? Well, the uh, the subject, you know, it's kind of funny. Like, I remember us doing it. And, uh, like, the uh, what I called wrestling with the past was a little segment where we would talk about a memory from our childhood. And uh, I remember that because we were talking about um, – we were talking about the uh, – Concerts. <laughs> yes. And by the way, I, I have a little something to say about that. Oh, okay. Because I listened to that show and watched it. And you, sir, and I know that you're a grown man, but I'm still your elder. <laughs> you are forbidden. You are not permitted in any way whatsoever to ever attend another rock concert ever again. What? 
shit. <laughs> yes, you are. You are not allowed to attend a rock concert anymore. I've only been to like hundreds of them. <laughs> your best behavior with the ref. Don't you know he was a respectable young man? Yes, sir. <laughs> I heard about what happened at that show, and I laughed my ass off. Tell everybody about Jeff's introduction to festival seating. Yeah. So uh, Max knows about the, the Hampton Coliseum. And uh, so we, we went. It was 1991. I think it was June 22nd or something. Guns N' Roses yeah. Skid Row. And uh, Jeff's sister drove us. And we weren't cool enough to hang out with her and her friends. Oh. So me and Jeff... We were we were like thirteen or something like that. Like we had no clue what we were getting into. And so this was Use Your Illusion tour. This was this was like Guns N' Roses kind of at the height of their their powers. And so uh, man, I, I I made this comment and I stay I'll say it every time I tell this story. If there was fifteen thousand people in that arena, as soon as the lights went down. All fifteen thousand were trying to be in the front row, and oh, Jeff man. and I were standing in their way. So uh, I got trampled. Jeff uh, Jeff got bounced around a little bit, and um, yeah, it was really scary for a minute there. But then everything worked out. We had a great time at the show, and it was it was okay. All right, Grimmy, you're up to bat, kid. Yeah, and then I'm gonna probably uh, have to cut out of here. A Jeff uh, Jeff rib. Give me one, well, give me one rib before you got to go. We were at my first VCW show. He finally badgered me into showing up and going. <laughs> and uh, we're standing out back. He and my husband are smoking. I'm just standing there, and this woman pulls up. Signs all over the place tonight. Professional wrestling. Blah, blah, blah. Woman rolls her window down. Are there wrestlers in there? <laughs> Jeff and I looked at each other. He said, there's one right here and pointed to me. And I'm like, Jeff, stop it. <laughs> and this woman is like, no, I'm serious. Are there real wrestlers in there? <laughs> And I'm like, okay. Intelligence? Meh. <laughs> and I knew what Jeff did. But me and my husband had to go back in the building because we were starting to fall over laughing. And later on, Steve Carino was at a VCW card. And I was at the barrier. And this is before I became commissioner and started really working with VCW. Yeah. Steve Carino is sitting there and he's in heel mode. He's telling the audience off and I'm just sitting there making some fun and he goes, I didn't ask you, you dwarf, or something like that. He made some kind of comment about my size or go sit down little girl or something. <laughs> and Jeff goes... After the show, Jeff goes back to the locker room and he goes, Carino, um, do you know who you were yelling at? Yes, I'm Mark. No, that was Grimlina from the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. He said, 
that Carino was like, oh, damn. He's told you this story, didn't he, yeah. Angelo? Carino was falling over himself. Oh, God, please tell her I'm so, so sorry. Please tell her I'm so, so sorry. And I'm sitting there going, this big six-foot-plus man is begging my forgiveness? I heard he went up to you and said, I'm sorry, ma'am. I didn't know who you were. <laughs> he did. That's what he did. And then the next show is when my husband started working security with Jeff. And right. Carino and I have a picture of us hugging and laughing. And then we have another picture where he's in my face at that first show. So <laughs> Jeff was like that, though. He would be like, hey, come on now. And this is the last one. And then I'm going to say goodnight because okay. it's, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a I long night for you. And Angelo, you know it. Jeff told you. I've told you. I think our best moment was the night Piper visited and I was on Piper's pit. Oh, right. Yeah, Roddy Piper. That, Whoa. I think, all security that night. That was a night. Yeah. That was probably one of the highlights of VCW for everybody. And Jeff was like, me and Jeff were like, I'm sitting there almost crying, marking out, because I've been a Piper Mark, whatever, for years. And well, the story Jeff I heard was, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll kind of like tell it in in my way, but it, it, Grimmy, you'll you'll know the story. Is uh, Piper did a Piper's Pit that night? Yeah, and was you know a typical Piper mode, and started to get on the you know Miss Grimlina, the acting commissioner. So. Uh, so the story goes that he tried to uh, usurp his authority over you, and you said to him, Mr. Piper, with all due respect, sir, I am commissioner. Exactly. <laughs> I am the commissioner here. And we, he was like... Four foot nothing woman looking at this guy six foot two. And shaking like a damn leaf. <laughs> that people didn't see. And I, I remember saying, well, why don't I talk, ask these people what they want me to do? And, of course, the fans were like, give them the match. Give them the match. You know, because it was the Hall Stars versus Chach and Crotch. And <laughs> I remember going, Mr. Piper, because it's close to Christmas. And he went, Christmas. I said, you're my idol. You're my icon. I will sign this match now. And then Roddy reached over and kissed me on the cheek. Wow. Beautiful. And I was like, oh my God. I was so almost beside myself. Because like I said, I was sitting there. Yeah. I'm sitting there telling him he ain't the commissioner, but I'm sitting there shaking. <laughs> Because right. this is Roddy Piper. This is the pit. This is his house. Exactly. Grimmy, thank you for sharing that story. We'll catch up with you again, honey. I know yeah, you got a, a long day and a long night, so. Yeah, and one last thing. Yeah. If you ever, if I ever am a guest on your show or if anyone ever calls me and they hear this yap dog, 
That's Jeff's fault. Yeah. He called me one day and said, do you want a dog? And I'm like, I don't know. And I asked my husband, do we want a dog? And then Jeff showed us a picture of our Harley. And she was nine months old. Ten years later, we still have Harley. Yeah. Good for you. And uh, I I would send videos and pictures of Harley to Jeff just because he's Harley's daddy to me. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to be at the memorial service Saturday. And Jay, Alan will be there the 14th. Okay, awesome. Represent the men in black. And you know what that means. Hey, well, you know, I've I've already talked to some of the boys and and all the boys are saying, you know, if Jeff wanted to leave it to anybody, he's going to leave it to you. And I told all the boys, I said, look, man, I said, we're going to work as a team and let him guide us. I said, that's what we're going to do. Jeff will always be the head of security. Yeah. So with that, make sure that Alan wears his security shirt because I'm going to need him. Oh, he already had me. I've already watched him this ready. He's got his Draven security shirt. BCW. I'm unfortunately going to be in uh, Middleton, Delaware that day, but Alan will be there representing me and the Men in Black. Yeah, Grimmy won't be up in my neighborhood. Well, you hey. come by and see me, you butt. <laughs> I may surprise you. Well, Grimmy, thank you. I'm going to let you go. Take care, Love kiddo. Bye bye. Bye. All right, you guys. And then there were three. And and I only see two because apparently Max Hall. Well, uh, Max just texted me. He said his computer crashed. He's charging and he'll be back on. Oh, okay. Terrific. Yeah. So uh, it's just us kids here. So can I tell tell a story? Yes. Oh, God, please, yes. All right, here we go, man. It's uh, it's about 10 years ago, back when I first started working with him. We are down here in my neck of the woods of Suffolk. We're doing a show at Suffolk Middle School. And uh, Travis goes, we got Chase Stevens from the, uh, TNA coming in tonight. And he's at the airport in Newport News. And we got to get there. We got to get to Newport News to pick him up from the airport because he's our talent for tonight. I'm like. Okay, so we're like going around and I finally one of my friends showed up to the show and I'm like, is there any way you could drive us to Newport News? She's like, yeah, I'm like, we got to pick up a wrestler from the airport. She's like, absolutely. Jeff's like, I'm going with you. I'm like, hell yeah. At this time, Jeff was a big man, but he wasn't a big, big man like, you know, when he passed. But still, I'm 340 pounds. We're both big men, you know. We walk outside to go to Newport News, and it's a do- it's like a 1990 Dodge Dakota extended <laughs> cab, not <laughs> extended cab. Oh my and god! Two little baby seats behind the seats. Okay, are y'all ready for this? Here we go. Oh Jesus! I look at Jeff. I say, "We both riding." He's like. Uh-oh. Oh no! Oh. He did. I'm like, I'm like. So what about when, when, uh, when we pick up Chase Stevens? What's gonna happen? He's like, we're gonna ride behind the seats. I'm like, 
<laughs> so we That's get out to the, we get out to the Newport News Airport. We pull up. Chase Stevens is sitting there with his bag. Jeff gets out as professional as possible out of this 1990 beat up truck. <laughs> as professional as he could, grabs Chase Stevens' bags, puts them in the back of the truck. Chase is like, this is what we're riding in? Like, yes, sir. And Jeff slides that damn seat up, and he crawls his ass back there in the back with me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> me and Jeff are like this. Legs are together like this. Oh, my God. Bumping nuts. <laughs> Bumping nuts. He told me his story. It's funny. It's an airport story. He said that he and Ray had to go to the airport to pick up Colonel Robert Parker. Oh, yeah. You remember that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I said... That he had to pick up Robert Parker because uh, Travis brought, you know, you know, uh, Colonel Parker in from WCW, right? Yeah, yeah. So he said, Colonel Parker says, boys, we got some stops to make first. Before we go to the show, we got some stops to make first. First thing we got to do is hit the liquor store. I need me some beer. So they stopped at the liquor store. They didn't pick up a six-pack of beer. They picked up two cases of beer. <laughs> okay. Put the case in the back of the car. Say, okay, boys, we got another stop to make. What time is it now? Six o'clock? What time does the show start? Eight o'clock? All right, we got some stops to make. Take me to the nearest titty bar. <laughs> You know that story? I've heard this story. It was a little different at the beginning. He said that he used to wait at the airport because he would what would know what flight the guys were leaving out on. And he yes, was waiting. Okay, yes, yes. Yes. That's the same story. Yeah. And he said that he had his mom's car and then yes. he parked his mom's car in the parking lot of the airport and was like, well, this is a once in a lifetime. Sorry, mom, but the parking lot parking ticket's going to be super expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's the story I heard. That's the one we picked up with Colonel Parker. Yeah, and they hit the titty bar. They went to a and sat there, and Colonel Parker bought him drinks and uh, gave him some dollars for the dancers, and uh, they and and they made it back. Don't ask me how. But they made it back to the show on time and all and none the worse for wear. Yep. But hey. that was classic ref. Oh yeah. I'll say this. He said he said he called he said at the end of the night, he said I called my mom and was like, Okay, Ma, so here's the story. Your car is at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> well, and here's here's the interesting little tidbit. Norfolk, Virginia Beach, like Hampton Roads, uh, you know, strip clubs, whatever you want to call them, there was no nudity. Right, so, right. So like bikinis or pasties or whatever it is. So yeah. that's that's a whole, that's a little caveat. But hey, was that, was that Dodge Durant, that Dodge that y'all ran, did, did it have the seats that were like sideways in the back or were they front facing? Yes, the they were sideways. Here, you guys were like that. 
Yeah. Yes. You were literally butt nuts, yeah. dude. Straight Fetching up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, but you know, I'll tell you this, man. And, and one cool story about that night is Chase. He was like, we got to make a stop. And we're like, yes, sir. Wherever, you know. So we stopped at the 7-Eleven. Chase came out with a uh, six-pack. And I'm not to talk shit about Chase. But Chase Steven, I watched that man finish a six-pack from Newport News to Suffolk. And uh, I was like, wow. He was like, how do you think we get up on the third rope and got the balls to jump off of it? I said, <laughs> <laughs> and I will never, ever forget that night. And I'll never forget what he said. That's funny. Never... Yeah, man. So yep. to Jay and Max. Yes. And, and Angelo, you know this too, but like, the uh, you you touched on it a little bit earlier, like, like Jeff could instigate a situation or oh, resolve yeah. a situation. He would oftentimes cause the issue and then somehow yeah. talk his way into being the best friend of the person that was ready to kick his ass. Brother, <laughs> let me tell you something. I witnessed that myself on the air. Oh, really? Yes, I witnessed that myself on the air. I had a guest on the show. His show is out there. I'm not going to tell you who he is. You'll have to watch it. There's a show out there with Jeff asking questions to a guy that he doesn't particularly care for. A very large name wrestling personality. Okay. And I will tell you that he brought up a particular thing that happened in this wrestler's life that he would have just rather forgotten about but jeff remembers everything yeah. and everything and, and i have a rule on this show everything is fair game we call it in the ring and we let it the, the chips fall where they may okay. so he caused the stink and then somehow or another the guy was actually apologizing to him <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. He was magical at that. Strange. Was, but that was classic Jeff. Talk to me, Max. Yeah, Mike, uh, you were telling that story about um, when you guys went with the ice, you know, and I wasn't there for that when, when he was doing that, but I thought some things never changed because we went um, – in uh, high school, when I first started driving, we started going to these indie shows at the Khadiv, uh Shriners Temple in Chesapeake. You know that, Mike? Uh, you, you, me, and Jeff went to one of the one or two of those together. Yeah, I, I think I, I remember. I thought you went there, but I think one afternoon they had one like on a early Friday. Like it was starting right after right after we got out of school. It was starting like four or five. I don't know why it was so early, but. We went out there. We drove out there, and uh, we were at the front row, and it was a real small show. It was in that Khadiv, um Conference Center, and it wasn't much to it, but uh, we were up front, and uh, w Jeff, as you said, he was an instigator. So basically, this crowd is, like, very subdued, very controlled, and me and Jeff are – yeah, I'm kind of, like, into it. Yeah, I'm into it, but Jeff's, like, ten, ten times me. He's full speed. He falls in the wall. Oh, yeah. And – we, he was egging on the he was egging on the wrestlers and just getting on their nerves and everything. So they finally, <laughs> said, 
if you don't, you know, knock it off, we're going to have to kick you out. So I turned to Jeff. I said, Jeff, I was his ride. So I said, Jeff, I hate to say this, man, but you have to sit outside for the rest of the show. I ain't leaving until it's over with. (laughs) But I guess what I'm saying is some things never change. They were telling us we were too obnoxious at a wrestling show. That if that's possible. I had I never met a guy and I, I alluded to it earlier. I never met a guy so passionate, so completely in infused, involved uh in in wrestling. He embra- he he said to me, and Mikey, you know this. He said, wrestling is my friend, my lover, my mistress, my companion. Uh, Wrestling kept me company as a kid. You know? And and I think that it's fitting that that the last thing he ever saw in this life was wrestling. Amen. And for that, and it reminds me of my grandfather. Strangely enough, I thought about this. My grandfather loved to go to the racetrack and bet on the horses. He never won. He never won. My father was working at the racetrack that day when my grandfather was there. My grandfather finally won a race and died at the racetrack. With $3,000 in his pocket. <laughs> and, and I thought to myself, you know what? That's how Grandpa wanted to go out. God bless him. He went on his own terms. Well, Jeff went out with a whole damn 18-inch cheese pizza from Sal's and two boxes of duck donuts that he didn't eat. <laughs> <laughs> so he oh, might yes. have out with 3000 You said it was cow's pizza? Yeah, it was Sal's Pizza, man, out here in Suffolk. Now, so, one of the guys... Mike, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, Jeff used to either order at the wrestling paper you used. We would do, we would all chip in and get pizza. And uh, he would do uh, Little Caesars or Cal's, Cal's Pizza. And I'm not kidding you, like, we would split, like, one pizza between me and the other guys, and then Jeff would eat a whole one by himself. Jeff, oh, you the whole thing myself. Hey, now that's funny because we um, one, of people, one of the people, one of the people, one of the the people that we promoted on the show was Jeff's favorite restaurant, Al Forno. Oh yeah. Okay, now I never met Nunzio and his and his family from Al Forno, but I feel like I know them, and. Uh, you know, there's going to be an empty booth there at, at Al Forno that I think uh, somebody should name Ref's Corner. Hey. So, you know, go into that right there, me and the boys, you know, we talked about it the other night. And Jeff would always sit right by the curtain. And uh, it just made sense where he sat. So yeah. me and the boys talked about it the other night, and we're going to go ahead and put his chair right beside the curtain. And we're gonna lay a secure beautiful man. That's beautiful. Well, guys, I'll tell you what, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up, but I wanna do something if it's okay with you guys. I wanna read something. It's called the train. Okay. Okay. 
The author of this is uh, unknown. It's an anonymous author. At birth, we boarded the train and met our parents. And we believe they will always travel by our side. As time goes by, other people will board the train. They will be significant. Our siblings, friends, children, strangers, and even the love of your life. However, at some station... Our parents will step down from the train, leaving us on this journey alone. Others will step down over time and leave a permanent vacuum. Some, however, will go unnoticed that we don't realize that they even vacated their seats. This train ride will be full of joy, sorrow, fantasy, expectations, hellos, goodbyes, and farewells. Success consists of having a good relationship with all passengers, requiring that we give the best of ourselves. The mystery to everyone is, we do not know at which station we ourselves will step down. So we must live in the best way, love, forgive, and offer the best of who we are. It's important to do this because when the time comes for us to step down and leave our seat empty, we should, be, we should leave behind beautiful memories for those that will continue to travel on the train of life. I wish you a joyful journey for the coming years of your, your train of life. Reap success, lots of love, be happy. More importantly, thank God for your journey. Lastly, I want to thank you for being one of the for one for being one of the passengers on my train. And Ref, not only were you the passenger on my train, you were the conductor, you were the head engine, and you were the caboose that pulled everything together. This would not have been a show without Jeff the Ref, and I don't know how I will continue to go forward, but we will, I say we, and not I, because there will always be Jeff the ref. Some way, somehow, we're always going to include Jeff the ref Robinson, the guru who knew, the Encyclopedia Britannica of pro wrestling. The only thing is he's not here to hear it. Well, actually, he is here to hear it. Oh, he is. But I wish he were, I wish to God he were here so he could see this. I miss seeing his face across this computer. I miss my five to 12 phone calls a day <laughs> for at least an hour at a time. I don't know when he ever had time to call anybody else because he called me every day. Five, six, seven times. I'm not even kidding. But then I thought about it. He called everybody five, six times a day. <laughs> I thought I was special, but, and he said many times, he goes, I don't sleep. I don't sleep. And he, you know, apparently he was awake a lot and on his phone or watching wrestling or both yeah. simultaneously because he could multitask like that. He was good. <laughs> Jay, thank you for sharing, my friend. I'm here. If you need me, I'm here for you. Tell Vanguard 
tell Ray, tell Travis, uh, and I will actually speak to George tomorrow. So, uh, and I know George very well, so I'll talk to him. Give the boys uh, my love and my uh, my sympathy. Remember, just tell them this. It's not goodbye. It's just so long for them. Yeah. Okay. Hey. hey uh, my, it's, yes, can sir. I say a couple things. Sure. Please. So, um, hey, hey, Jay. Um, are the VCW like uh, Amy, Jeff's sister, reached out to me and Max about being pallbearers? Are some of the the VCW guys going to be pallbearers? Um, I would, I would absolutely hands down be a pallbearer. Um. I can definitely reach out and talk to some people. Um, I don't know because Phil, you know, Phil moved down to Atlanta. So I, I, I feel that Phil is going to try to make it up here, but it's going to be a little hard for him seeing as that he's got to be up here on the 14th as well to wrestle. So I'm not sure if he's going to make it, but uh, um, we're, we're talking about for the uh, service on Saturday morning, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so yeah. like, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I love Jeff. Everybody knows he was a big guy and, you know, we'll, we'll take any help we can get, you know, uh, but uh, the, uh, if it's okay, I'd love to just share the information about the funeral. Yes, Mike, please. Please do. Okay. So um, the, uh, the funeral is set for, this Saturday, which is March 7th at noon, um, 2 p.m. graveside, and then uh, what's called a rep repast or reception afterwards back at the funeral home. And the uh, funeral home is um, uh, Altamir Funeral Home at 5033 Rouse Drive, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23462. So, um, okay. you know, I... Uh, can you do me a favor, you guys? I know you're all going to be there. Yeah. Can you make sure that they know that I sent uh, a letter to be read? Absolutely. Uh, I sent it to, to Trevor on to Trey. Um, please make sure that it's a celebration of life. Oh, yeah. Do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, I sent Jeff's Wrestling with the Future t-shirt. But by the way, here you go, fellas. I'm wearing mine. I was going to wear... You know, Jeff was a big Bruce Pritchard fan. <laughs> now, you, I know how you feel about Bray Wyatt. I want you to know, with my hand to God, I wore my Bruce Pritchard shirt... All day today. In tribute. <coughs> but I couldn't bring myself to wear it on the show. <laughs> That's good shit. You know? Did you say something? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sending his um, Wrestling with the Future t-shirt. I sent it to his sister, Amy. Okay. And my understanding is that they're, they're going to lay him to rest in it. That's a, a great honor. And I think that because and he he told everybody. His father told me, his mother told me. And I spoke to his mother and father. 
that he loved this podcast. He did. Uh, uh, he was so proud of this podcast. He got to meet Jack Victory. He, he got to meet Baby Doll. Rico Constantino, which I'll tell you about that in a second. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this show on that note. But uh, he got to meet uh, uh, Davey O'Hannon uh, and... Um, Oh God, uh, C.W. Anderson, uh, Jimmy Valiant, uh, just a, just a, a name a few. Um, and he was looking forward to meeting, you know, J.J. Dillon again. I know he he met J.J. at Vanguard, and uh, but Rico Constantino is a special kind of guy because Rico is a devout Christian, and it's funny how life works on the very last podcast that we did with Rico that Jeff was a part of they spoke a lot about God and acceptance and going forward I don't think that was an accident and he found peace in that and he found comfort in that and I know of all the crazy stuff that he did and, you know, the kind of big, large personality he was, at heart, he was still a good old Christian boy that loved his God and loved his Jesus. And uh, that's something that never changed and never, never could. So he's in very good company now. And uh, Uncle Ivan, your boy is home with you. For wrestling with the future, wait, I don't think wait. I can do any. Uh, go ahead, Mikey, because uh, uh, saved, saved by the Kelleher. Go ahead. I know we need to wrap this up, but I, I think Jay wanted to say something. I don't know if Max wants to say something, but I know I want to say something before we sign off. So, yes, sir. Jay, got anything? Yeah. Um, going back to the funeral real quick. Um, the funeral is uh, noon. And then gravesite is at two, but there's also a viewing on Friday from oh. six to eight at the funeral home itself. So uh, I know a lot of VCW is going to be there on Friday mm -hmm. because of the fact that a lot of the wrestlers are booked with other promotions for Saturday. Okay. Um, but one thing, one thing I just wanna I wanna tell all y'all is the biggest thing I want to miss is that he was the only person I've ever known to do this. I would say, I love you, brother. And he would say, love you back. And he was the only person I ever knew to tell me that. And I will forever hold that and cherish that and remember them words in that raspy voice of his. Amen. Amen. That was beautiful. Max, what do you got? I, you know, thanks for having me on. I, it's, it's still tough, man. You know, I, so. He was, he was somebody that uh, I'm just never going to see again. And I just wish I had one last conversation with him. And uh, Mike, you know this, um, you know, his, his grandmother passed away uh, a couple years ago and I was a pallbearer at that. And I believe you were too. And, um, and, uh, and before that, his grandfather died uh, some 10, I guess it was 10 years ago or more. And I was, I was at that funeral. I was a pallbearer at that. So uh, I guess, man, I'm just doing it one more time, but it's for Jeff. It's for Jeff. Absolutely. And uh, thank you, fellas. Yeah. I appreciate that. You know, um, 
Jeff loved Vanguard. He, he loved it. He said, I have the, this is a quote. In fact, I, I put it on Facebook too, so it's, it's out there. He said, I have the best gig in the world. I get to watch wrestling for free. <laughs> and that was Jeff. And I will tell you, and, and Jay, I want you to, to let Travis and everybody at Vanguard know. There will always be a Vanguard Championship Wrestling presence on this show. Thank you. And uh, if at all very possible, I hope to have a representative of Vanguard come on the show and join me for a little while to kind of take over co-host duties. You know, he's he's a, a big personality to replace so you can't replace him. So what you do is you just go forward with his presence. And that's what I'm going to do. I have to go forward with this because he would want it. In fact, he would demand it. And we're going to go forward. And uh, before I get too choked up and too emotional, because it's been a rough few days for everybody. For Wrestling with the Future. Angela, yes, sir, sorry, brother. I just got to say this, Jeff. I love you, brother, and I'm really gonna miss you. I know, brother. It's rough. It's rough. A lot of people overlook Jeff. Growing up, and underestimated him, and uh, he just kept plodding along and doing his thing, and then he finally got he got his chance, and that was his podcast, and working with VCW, and uh, the one thing, hey, brother, I'll tell you what, Mike, the outpouring of love from social media. Has been, you would have thought a head of state passed away. Absolutely. But I'm just saying, like when we were in high school or, or whatever, elementary school, whatever. You know, there's a lot of, he wasn't the best looking kid. He wasn't the most popular kid. He wasn't, you know, whatever superlative you want to use. But if you were his friend, he would do anything for you. And to see him overcome, you know, a lot of the struggles that he had and, and, uh, Things like that. It was it was really awesome for for me and a lot of other people. I'm sure to see. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. He certainly I, made up for personality. <laughs> he made up for uh, people liking him, and, and then some. <laughs> hey, he, uh, that, Jeff, you, you didn't have a choice. You were going I, to like. Him. I know. <laughs> that is the truth. That's true. Uh, you know you what? Couldn't, you couldn't help. Like I said, we were strangers when we met. We became a. So, uh, for wrestling with the future, we will continue. For Jeff, for Mike Kelleher, for Jason Noe, and Max Hall, I'm Psychic Medium Angelo. Good night, everybody. Till I see you again. Happy wrestling. This one's for you, kids. Good night. <laughs>